the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Now, dear ones, it is from what we see here that Solomon says in this prayer and the various topics that he brings up and the various issues, the various ways in which these things can happen, that there are at least two things I'd like to point out for us. The first thing, dear ones, is this. Our need to experience the forgiveness of God in our lives is great and it runs deep and it runs wide. Our need to experience the forgiveness of God is great and it runs deep and it runs wide in our lives. A lot of times we think we just need to experience the forgiveness of God for this one thing here or this thing over here or I said something wrong or I did this. Dear ones, our need to experience the forgiveness of God, it runs deep. It runs way deeper than many of us even begin to realize. And it runs wide. It covers a lot of things. Now, I was trying to come up with an analogy to help us to understand this, this point, dear ones. And the Spirit of the Lord said, talk to them about the Mississippi River. Okay. I said, okay. The Mississippi. I, I can talk to you about the Mississippi River. Okay. <laughs> the Mississippi River, dear ones. Let me give you a couple facts about the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River... This is a river, it's one of, the, it was one of the biggest rivers in the world. It runs through no less than 10 states. It runs from Minnesota all the way down to the bottom of Louisiana. It covers over 2,300 miles. 2,300 miles. And it has the nickname, the Mighty Mississippi. Because of its size and its length, the power of that river. I I was watching something on 60 Minutes not too long ago, and they were talking about the Mississippi River. And they were saying that the Mississippi River, in many ways, is the lifeblood of some of these states. It is the lifeblood. Shipping is the lifeblood of these states. If if, if the Mississippi River ever dried up or, or wasn't able to be able to be, people weren't able to navigate through ships through it, dear ones, whole states would lose their economy. Their economy would just tank. 
So the Mississippi River is a vital key to many people's lives. And dear ones, in many ways and in very similar ways, our need to experience the forgiveness of the Lord in our lives, dear ones, it runs long and it runs wide and it touches every area and every aspect of our lives. Whether you're talking about your marriage, your children, your job, your friends, your extended family, dear ones, all these areas are impacted and touched with the need of God's forgiveness. Either for you to experience it or you to be able to give it to somebody else. Dear ones, the forgiveness of God, it touches on and impacts everything and everyone in our lives. Everything and everyone in our lives is impacted by this issue of God's forgiveness. And dear ones, it is the greatest single issue that must be addressed in each one of our lives. It is the single greatest issue that must be addressed. And so, dear ones, that's the first thing. But the second thing I want to say real quickly, then I'm moving on. The second thing, dear ones, is this. The consequences of us either the consequences of our actions and the consequences of our failing to seek the Lord's forgiveness and the impact that it can have on our lives is serious and it is far reaching. The consequences of both us, our actions, because our actions have consequences. Our actions do have consequences. But dear ones, also are the consequences of us failing to realize I need the Lord's forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. I need to ask the Lord to forgive me. The consequences of that, dear ones, it runs, it's serious and it's far reaching. It will impact not just you and not just you and this current situation, yeah. not just you and this current issue, not just you and this current thing you're dealing with. Dear ones, the impact of this reaches long, reaches wide, and touches a lot of people. Generations are impacted. You have some people, dear ones, that are struggling today. They're struggling with issues of addiction. They're struggling with issues of self-esteem. They're struggling with issues of, of, of identity and purpose. They're struggling with these things. And you ask them, okay, what's going on? And you begin to talk to these people in a counseling session. And you begin to realize that what this person is struggling with is not this current issue or this current problem or this current thing going on. What really is the culprit of this whole thing is what happened to them 30 years ago and so rather than deal with a situation that's going on in 2019 i've got to begin to deal with an issue that happened in 1977 or 1987 i've got to deal with what happened back then in order to help you today the forgiveness of god us receiving it ourselves and us being able to give it to others it runs deep. It runs wide. It touches so many things. But there was back here in Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, back here. I want for us to look at these verses again, but I want for us to pay attention to what Solomon says in verses 24 to 27. Notice what he says. There. He says, if your people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy because they have sinned against you and shall return and confess your name and pray and make supplication before you in this house, then hear thou from the heavens and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them again unto the land which you gave to them and to their fathers. When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, yet if they pray toward this place, and confess your name and turn from their sin when you do afflict them then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and of your people Israel when you have taught them the good way wherein they should walk 
and sin reigned upon the land, which you have given unto the people for an inheritance. Amen. Now, dear ones, here, as we, and, and throughout the remainder of the prayer that Solomon prays in differing ways, Solomon begins to make mention of three distinct things that the people of God needed to do once they realized that they were in need of the Lord's forgiveness. Solomon begins to highlight three distinct things that the people of God needed to do once they realized that they were in need of the Lord's forgiveness. In other words, dear ones, once the Spirit of God had dealt with them in their hearts and made them aware that in some way and in some issue, they had begun to act and to conduct themselves in ways that were contrary to either the Lord's word, the Lord's will, or both. Contrary to either the Lord's word, the Lord's will, or both the Lord's word and his will. Once the spirit of God made them aware of that, Solomon says there are three distinct things that the people of God need to do in order to deal with those issues. And they needed to do them quickly. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Don't say, I'll get around to it at some point. No, you need to do once the once the Holy Ghost makes you aware you need to do it. You need to do it. It, The time to do it is right then, right now. Once the spirit of God makes you aware of it, that's the time to do it. Now, those three things were one. The first thing was they were to turn from their sins. In other words, there needed to be a stopping of the activity or the behavior that they were involved in that corresponded with a complete turning away from it in order to now begin to go in a different direction. There needed to be a stopping of the activity or a stopping of the behavior that corresponded with a turning away from it in order to go in a different direction. In the language of the New Testament, dear ones, That's called repentance. That's called repentance. And dear ones, you see, when when it comes to the particular issues of sin that each one of us has in our lives, because I'm not talking about just one particular person. At this point, dear ones, I'm not preaching to one just one person. I'm preaching to everybody else in here, including myself. I'm first in line. When it comes to the particular issues of sin that we all have in our lives, dear ones, many times what we endeavor to do is we, at times, we will pause in our sin. We will, have, we will put a pause on our issues of sin. You know, we stop for a while. So I come and say, Lori, how you doing? How are things going? Listen, I'm fine. I'm good. Today, I'm good right now. I've been good for this week. I've been good for the last two weeks. I've been good. So, so we pause in our sin or at times, dear ones, we slow down in our sin. So our participation with it is no longer as active as it once was. We've slowed down or at times, dear ones, we stop, but we stay in the vicinity of it. We stop. We stop. I ain't doing it no more, Pastor. I ain't doing it no more. How, how so 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 I I I ain't, I ain't tested no more pastor I ain't I ain't looked at it I ain't tested I ain't did nothing for it that's good bro that's good where's it at right now in the room over there <laughs> it's just it's just over in the room and I ain't I ain't I ain't got rid of it yet I just said I ain't done it I just put it away it's in the room I shut the door turned the light out I ain't got I ain't got rid of it it's just over there Amen. and so dear ones we we do that because we want to keep it, we want to keep it close. Yeah. 
And yet Solomon informs us here that what really needs to happen is there needs to be a stopping that takes place and a turning away from those things that begins to happen so that our lives begin to go in a completely different direction from them. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. So that's the first thing. But the second thing that Solomon says after they have have turned from their sins, is he says that they need to confess the Lord's name. Solomon says, Lord, when they turn and confess your name. Now, we need to keep in mind, dear ones, that one of the frequent and recurring problems that the children of Israel had was their repeated lapses into idolatry, which involved them beginning to do such things as bow down and worship other gods and turn or begin to align their lives and conduct their lives in ways that were similar to the people that were around them and them beginning to focus on and emphasize things in their lives that were contrary to the Lord's word and to the Lord's will. Now, I want for us to hold your finger here in Second Chronicles, but real quickly, let's all turn to the book of Judges because in the book of Judges, the writer, there's, the writer there summarizes this whole thing that the children of Israel were doing, repeatedly doing, repeatedly falling into these lapses of idolatry. He summarizes it for us in, verse, in chapter 2. Notice what he says, starting at verse 1. He says, And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides and their gods shall be a snare unto you. Now jump over to verse, uh, verse 11. Notice what he says there. He says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And, the Lord, and, and they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. 
And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Amen. Now here, when it says the angel of the Lord, dear ones, this is a theophonic appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Jesus appearing to them in Old Testament times. And he says, he says specifically in verse 1, he says, I brought you up out of Egypt, and I have brought you into this land that I swore unto your fathers to give to them. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Jesus says, I, will, I told you I'd never break my covenant with you. I've done exactly what I told you I was going to do. And I also said, you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Then he asked them the question, why did you do this? Why why did you act this way? After all that I did, why did you do this? And so, dear ones, for them to confess the Lord's name was a way for them to signify that for them now, the God whose name was Jehovah was the God that they would serve and, they, they, and that they would bow down in worship to, and they would do that for no one else and for nothing else. Yes, amen. So for them to confess the Lord's name meant that they would bow down to God alone, Jehovah alone, and they would worship and serve and bow down to no other God, no other thing, no other person. Amen. Also, dear ones, it meant that to confess the Lord's name, it meant that they now had a personal identification that had been established with the God that they served. So it no longer was a God. It was my God. It no longer was a king. It was my king. And that and that after all this, dear ones, because of the place that the Lord now had in their lives, that they would now begin to order their lives and everything in their lives in such a way that it corresponded to and agreed with the Lord's word and the Lord's will. So now because of this personal identification that I have with the God that I serve, everything and everyone in my life will now begin to order itself and be brought in line with that God that I serve, his word and his will. In the New Testament language, dear ones, this is called sanctification. It's called sanctification. Will you begin to bring everything in your lives in line with the Lord's word? And the Lord's will. And then the third thing that that I'm I'm done. There was a third thing that that Solomon says that they needed to do was there needed to be a reorienting of their lives, either back to the Lord or back towards the Lord. There needed to be a reorienting of their lives, either back to the Lord or back towards the Lord. Now, dear ones, as you read Solomon's prayer, And as you begin to go through it, he makes certain specific statements in 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 several in several places. He uses the phrase praying in this house. But then at other times, he uses the phrase praying towards this place. But then at other times, he uses the phrase praying towards this city. And then at other times, he uses the phrase praying towards this land. 
In other words, Solomon is establishing that in those times and in those situations where because of their sin, they found themselves off track with the Lord, straying and wandering away from the Lord and getting caught up in something that resulted in them being held in the place that was keeping them away from the Lord. Solomon said that there needed to be a reorienting of their lives so that they began to either come back to the Lord, turn towards the Lord, come back to the Lord, or at least come towards the Lord. Back to the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean back to the Lord? Back to the Lord, dear ones. It means that there needed to be a stopping of them going in the opposite direction of the Lord. You need to stop going in the opposite direction of the Lord and turn around and start coming back to the Lord. So once, in practical terms, dear ones, if I'm going down this way and the Spirit of God begins to deal with my heart, deal with my mind, make me aware that I'm going in the wrong direction, the moment he does that, I need to stop going in that direction. I don't need to go any farther to kind of see, well, is this the Lord or not? Once I realize this is the Lord telling me I'm going in the wrong direction. Stop, turn around, and go back towards the Lord. So there needed to be a a, a stopping and a reorienting back toward back to the Lord or at the very least back towards the Lord. Now, this begins to address those times where you have started going opposite of the Lord's will for your life and you find yourself getting caught up in something that is holding you there. And even though you may want to come back, Something has a grip on you. Amen. Something has a hold on you. Amen. We're talking about now we're beginning to deal with issues of addiction, issues of habit, issues where you might find yourself in some situation where even if even though you want to come back to the Lord, something got a hold on you Amen. and you can't come back Amen. physically. You can't come back. There was in those times you can at least begin to turn in your mind and in your heart and in your will back towards the Lord. You see, so Pastor, help me understand that a little bit better. Okay, the scripture, and I'm closing with this. The scripture talks about how he, Jesus dealt with that demon-possessed man of, man of Gadara. This man had a legion of demons in him. The scripture says he had a legion of demons. Now, a Roman legion was no less than 6,000 soldiers. A Roman legion, <laughs> was like, what? what, what, what hold on. No less than six. A Roman legion was no less than six thousand soldiers. This man was possessed by no less than six thousand demons. Amen. Six thousand demons residing in one man. Yes, sir. The scripture says he 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 his dwelling place was in the tombs. He would cut himself night and day. He would cut himself and he'd be crying out. And 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 they tried to bind him. They tried to help him and said, we got to restrict his activity. We have to hold him captive in, in order to be able to help him. So they, the scripture says they would bind him with chains and fetters. Yes, but the man would break the chains. Yes, he, it, it, the demon-possessed man, the demons gave that man incredible strength in order to be able to break chains. So So this man is out of control. He's out of his mind. He's hurting himself. He's harming himself. But the scripture says that when Jesus came, he ran towards Jesus. Why would this demon-possessed man 
go towards Jesus, the very one that could heal him, the very one that could deliver him, the very one that could set him free. Because even though this man was being held by something, he could at least turn in his mind and in his heart towards the Lord. And as a result of that turning towards the Lord, God delivered that man. The man that was out of his mind, could not be contained by anybody, was crying and screaming and harming himself. After that encounter with Jesus, the scripture says he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. He's got a suit in his right mind. The Lord did this for me. Could nothing else do this for me? Could no one else do this for me? And when my life was going in a completely opposite direction of the Lord, I was still able to turn in my mind and in my heart towards him. Because even though I may have forgotten about him, he never forgot about me. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.